2: How's it going? Welcome to Someone Who Isn't Me, episode number 18. Uh, This one is with Dan Searle, drummer of the band Architects. And this episode's a bit different from some of the others for a couple of reasons, but the most important one being is the fact that Dan actually got in contact with me asking if he could come on the podcast, and that was because he wanted to speak about his twin brother Tom, the guitarist and songwriter in Architects, who passed away because of cancer in August 2016. So we sat in this flat and we spoke for almost, I guess, almost two hours about Tom, about how Dan's been um, in the six months since his brother's passing, and we spoke about architects and we spoke about what the future holds for them. Normally, when I record an episode of Swim, I prepare notes which take on uh, some sort of semblance of questions, and I just try and have a conversation with the guest. But I actually left those in my bag for this one because. I thought that this was very much a conversation that Dan should lead and it was a tough one to do Um, and anyone that knows Dan or myself will appreciate that in amongst some very dark and heavy discussion there was like a lot of laughs and there's funny moments as well. Um, There's also one part where it almost feels like, well I actually say, where it feels like we're skirting around a particular subject which I suppose in hindsight was essentially what happens to consciousness if you will after leaving sort of material existence and I didn't want to press him with it to be honest so it was actually a conversation we had once we'd stopped recording so aside from that it was a very honest and candid conversation that I know is going to get transcribed and pulled apart for various news pieces and that's kind of the point on why Dan wanted to do it he said he didn't want to have to sit and have those kind of conversations in interviews with people that he doesn't really know so um So yeah, so feel free to pick this one apart if you write for any news outlets. However, please don't put shit out of context for clickbait as that is weak. And if you can make sure that you link back to the podcast on iTunes, people can search for someone who isn't me. Also on acast.com forward slash someone who isn't me. That way people can listen to the whole thing if they're interested. Architects have just started their North American tour. They're going to be playing at Reading and Leeds Festival in the UK this summer as well as a bunch of others like, throughout Europe and whatnot during festival season. All dates can be found online on their Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash architects UK. Their album, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, the album that gets discussed in this episode, is not only crushing, but it's an incredible piece of work. So if you're not aware of that album already, you should go and check it out. This is Dan Sell. So it's interesting that you email me for a start because... Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, I would never have said to you come and do an episode of the podcast sure. or come and do something on the radio. Yeah. I mean I, I understand why, in my head I, I've reasoned why. Mm-hmm. But um tell tell me a bit about that. Well first. yeah, I
0: I definitely wanted to make a point of that because uh I'm not Corey Taylor or Maynard James Keenan or Chino Marino or even Sam Carter for that matter <laughs> and, and and the fact that you've had Sam on the podcast already makes it look even perhaps even odder that that I am a guest on your on your show so I wanted to make the point that I asked to be on here um, because I don't want and I have a tendency to over- overthink things I don't want people to think that you asked me looking for some kind of story Yeah, I didn't want people to think oh well Dan's obviously okay I'm going to have to say Dan Carter when mm. I'm speaking in this term Dan Carter has asked Dan Searle to be in a show because there's a big juicy story there of some yeah. some minor headlines that might interest people um, the fact of the matter is it's been six months just over six months since Tom died now um, and I've had people ask me to speak to them, um, magazines specifically. Um, And I didn't want to... I didn't feel like that was the right medium for me to sort of uh, go about speaking about this for the first time. Um, You know, the people at the magazines are well-intentioned. I don't think they're just doing it to get a juicy story. I think they want to support us after we've been through a difficult thing Um, so there's no slight on them it's just that I wanted to speak freely about this subject Mm. Um, I didn't want it to be edited Um, if it's in print media I don't know what's going to be included and what's not out of a conversation and even when something is is written down it can be taken out of context you could, or... you could,
2: And you can read things certain- sure. yeah, Even if it's not out of context You can still read things In a different manner So mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I understand uh, So that was really important to me Yeah And uh, I, I You knew Tom um, You had some awareness Of what he was going through Yeah And I felt that I know you well enough To know that I can speak to you Um about things that in a way that you will uh, appreciate and understand. Um, whereas I don't know if that will be the case if I speak to someone in a magazine or, or not, you know? Yeah. So this just felt like the right way to do it. I also felt like, oh, this is dropping <laughs> Dropping like a a big uh, sort of a heavy thing on 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 your shoulders in a sense because it's you know it's not an easy conversation it's not I'm not promoting an album here you know yeah. I know that's not what what everyone speaks to you for but um, this sort of felt like a bit of a selfish thing for me like it might be cathartic in some way for me to 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 publicly speak about certain things you know yeah well I, I mean. I
2: I really appreciate that you thought of me because I I think it is all those things and I and I do it's the only one of these that I've done so far where where I actually had to think about it in the sense that did was it something like I I I didn't want and I would never have turned around and said no let's not do that obviously Mm. because because we're friends and and obviously I understand the reason you're doing it but at the same time it is there's a lot to it and I did think that a lot of people would be like well this guy's a dick why the hell is he asking him all (laughs) uh, about this sort of stuff and 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 then I was like well whatever it doesn't really matter because once I think you know once people get to hear it then they'll realize that I've not phoned you up in a I don't know I want to say not ghoulish but because that that sounds I don't mean it to sound like that but do you know what I mean
0: Mm, I do know what you mean, and I thought about <laughs> it, and I, yeah. I, had, I had definitely, uh, you know, I, I had wanted to make sure that people didn't read into it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah because it might seem random. Oh, Dan sells on Dan's show. Why would he? No, I, I don't think that anyone
2: would view it from that way because there's obviously a lot to talk about, and there's, mm. that, and and people do want to know, and I don't think that's because they're using that word again i don't it's the wrong word to use because it's i don't mean it sound disrespectful
0: but people obviously want to know yeah and 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 And, a lot of people a lot of people don't know um the full i want to say story i suppose Hmm. um and even there was a even when Tom was alive it was a small group of people who really knew what was going on um yeah. and it it very rarely um extended beyond the band and family really mm. um but obviously you know Tom spoke to you when we did when the made of Ale the made of Ale session um and I spoke to you um at the crying awards yeah to let you know that that it had come back and and that Tom was gonna have surgery the following day. And you were at the wake. Yeah. And when I spoke at the wake, I wanted to make sure that people um, got a sense of of how Tom was. Yeah. Um, I thought
2: that was incredible your eulogy at the wake was amazing Thank it really you. was because to have to do those terrible things for a for a family member is is a tough thing to do mm-hmm. to, to have to do it for y- your twin brother is i can't even imagine but then to do it in the manner that you did where it, it just came across like it was like, it was like the darkest darkest stand-up i've ever <laughs> witnessed and yeah. it was and that was it was fantastic which sounds mm. like a terrible thing to say I don't but it it really was yeah. uh, on every level and, yeah, and... and I thought I thought you got across a lot of really beautiful things but did it in such a way that just when it felt like everybody was going to implode <laughs> with grief
0: you know I felt I felt like a... <laughs> everyone was coming up to me after I spoke and saying how funny it was um, it was easy to be funny hmm. because the tension of the occasion was so high. There was so, and there's so much there's so much emotion at a moment like that. So that when you when you break the ice with something a little bit outrageous or something yeah. silly or whatever it is, people are just they laugh extra because there it's almost like a relief, you know, yeah. that that everyone is allowed. To laugh, you know that this yeah. doesn't have to be um, the the sort of bleak occasion that it could be. Um, so I tr- yeah. I wanted to ma- and and you know I wanted that that's a reflection of Tom yeah and 100%. and and some of the stuff that people found hilarious was just me repeating stuff Tom had said, mm. you know. Um, and that you know and I and I want to touch on that a bit because obviously tom has some uh public status Mm. um and people you know cared about him people that tom didn't know and of course you hear a story about um someone who's 28 dying of cancer and it's it's a it's a very sad story and it resonated with people um and I think it's important for people to know, and this is what I wanted to make clear at the wake to some, to some degree, was that it wasn't all totally bleak. Um, that Tom was good humoured. Yeah. And you know, like uh, I've touched a little bit with what I've said online, but me and Tom had like some great times when he was sick.
2: Well, from my perspective, when, when I had that conversation with him at Maid Vale, he was re- again really funny, mm. and he was saying things that I was laughing at because a they were funny, but also I was laughing because his approach to it and his attitude and the way he seemed to be dealing with everything was amazing, and it, yeah. and it, um, it, yeah, it, it was blowing my mind that people can can view things in that way
0: with that kind of adversity.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was. It. I, I think I, I. think I repeated some of these things when at, at the wake. He, when he first got to the hospice, he told them, me and him were both joking with the, with the nurses, and Tom was saying, that he his wishes were to be, slaughtered halal style. And be hung upside down and have his throat slit and then he said he wanted to be fed to pigs at his funeral (laughs) and at one point he was he was getting taken care of uh, by the by the nurses there's probably ten days before he died and uh, he asked the nurses to pass him pass he asked for his phone because he said he needed a new tinder profile picture Yeah, we were never on Tinder, but he's just, he's just, that's, you know, he, he's was still just fucking around and joking around, um, even in a very, very difficult situation. Yeah. But then it's an amazing
2: coping mechanism, isn't it? Yes.
0: What? Yeah. But w- w- what you just touched on a, a moment ago <clears> about <throat> when, when we saw you at A Maid of Vale, um, and, you know, Tom was saying, you know, he was sort of telling you about... Where it was in his body at that point, mm. and saying, you know, but I'll be okay. Yeah. A lot of people read the lyrics, you know, to "Gone with the Wind," "Pimento Mori," and um, think, you know, that he'd given up. He'd almost. given up.
2: Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get that at all, which is why I was. It was. It was such a shock. Yeah because um that conversation i mean i know that you you would you did the session and you were planning to go out and do the bring me tour in australia Mm. right and and you were trying you were like the only way we can do it is if it actually lined up with something that you guys were doing yeah and it turned out that that was actually that event was happening in australia so it felt like there was a real optimistic it was (laughs)
0: <laughs> and this is the thing this is this is what no one really un- under- understands that didn't know him is that there was so much talk of the future yeah um, and you know I, I people I even I look back at those lyrics now and think oh it's now I read them I go what Tom given up <laughs> you know because but the thing is with any lyrics it's a snapshot mm. you know It's a snapshot of a moment and tom wrote some of those lyrics right after his cancer came back um which is around um may 2015 and it hit him you know but he was also like (laughs) so we went to south america we did slam dunk he had found a lump in his leg yeah and then we went He had to have tests, and we were going to South America. It was going—we couldn't afford to cancel, so he stayed at home. We did it as a four-piece, and then he called me when we were in Buenos Aires, and he said, "Oh, it's cancer, it's come back." So I got on a plane, come straight straight back home, and uh, to make to to try and get to his appointment with the doctors, you know, so I could be there. Yeah. And I was like, obviously upset. And worried, but when I got back to the u k and I got to uh i you know I got back to my flat and then I went up to my mum's, and Tom was there, and we went up to the doctors and Tom was fine, yeah, like choking around being and straight away I was like, oh well, that relieved me to a degree, but i I had spent you know it's a long journey home from Buenos Aires on your own and you have just been playing it through in your mind yeah and the... then I got home and Tom was just like pissing around <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I was like right okay I understand um, and yeah he missed he missed some shows but during that period that summer yeah he had some moments where he was worried understandably of course and he wrote lyrics about it hmm. um, and we wrote the album that summer most of it um, just me and Tom like in his bedroom, which, right, um, you know, and and it was the, the best creative experience that we ever had. Yeah, it's.
2: I mean, it's that was the thing. Like when the record first came out, and when I first got it, and that, mm. and I was, you know, kind of going through it all, and it, it's so intense, and 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 it does feel at moments that it is really bleak. Yeah. But but I always found that there was the. It was tempered with a positive energy. Yeah, that's how I felt anyway.
0: It, it, and and ev- <coughs> everyone uh, gravitated towards this word "bleak" mm. when it came to describing it. Well, album. of course, yeah. And it's a funny thing because when me and Tom were working on those songs, especially it was around July and August, 2015, it was like Tom was very happy. Yeah. Um, honestly, probably the happiest he would ever been.
2: Well, it's it's funny, isn't it? In the sense that you, I think you can make great art that can that can be the where you can pour everything into mm-hmm. it and actually feel. It sounds a little hippie, but quite cleansed by it. But it is a cathartic gets thing. Gets as you want with me? Yeah, then. great, awesome. Because. Um, Maybe that was that was the way that um all of that negativity was being taken out yeah, know? well and, yeah, and-,
0: and that thought has crossed my mind for sure for me it was it was easier than for Tom, of course, um, uh, and at that point it was it, things were very hopeful, yeah, how uh, was it for you
2: though, like working on those songs, especially like seeing the lyrics and stuff did but it must have been qu- quite jarring to see that he was. The most
0: creative and happiest he's ever <laughs> yeah, been, but with his dark lyrics, yeah, sure. And it was only really those two sets, those two songs, that really hit me. That the other, the other songs are more a bleak world view, yeah. Um, but it was *Memento More and *Gone with the Wind*. That and and you know, I heard *Gone with the Wind* um, in September, and I was in Barcelona. We had finished writing it, but here, then he, had, they had sent, him and Sam had, had worked on the, the vocals, and they had sent me the chorus, and this, you know. The, the lyrics are sickness with no remedy, except yeah. the one inside of me um but that was just reflective of Tom's philosophy on the disease um yeah. because he felt like you know medicine struggles with cancer, yeah, and he felt like well the answer is is inside of me because people do get better yeah um, and me oh, I became very uh all i read about was cancer yeah for about a year and a half
2: um and were you i'm assuming that he was as well but were you no he wasn't no that's interesting so then so were then you were you that guy that was finding everything and then going
0: have you you thought about this have you thought about this yeah exactly so to protect him I, i suppose you know of course um So, yeah, I'm going off on tangents all over the place. But no, that's fine. That, that was... Yeah, I spent a lot of my time, all my time, writing, reading, thinking mm. about, talking about cancer, unless I was with him, and then I would just give, tell Tom, you know, oh, what, I've heard this helps. But I became very interested in this concept was you know, spontaneous remission. Yeah. and SIBO effect, all these kind of well, things. Well, that's that... the
2: thing, because when he was telling me in Maid Vale about the, the Joe Dispenza thing, mm. and, and um, anyone that doesn't know his work... The placebo is you is is the best mm-hmm. place to start. Like I guess with his book, where where he's saying yeah, you are the placebo. Oh, you yeah. are the placebo. My yeah. my apologies. Yeah. And then um yeah, because it, on on first glance, a lot of people would be very dismissive about it. Mm. But it is actually hard science that he's worked into, mm. and, and I think that the idea that that a person, I mean, is you know the physical matter of a person, mm. shall we say, because mm-hmm. there is a that's not a whole of a person in my opinion anyway the um you know you are a um, a, a bag of chemicals sure. and and, the, and you are manufacturing chemicals constantly yeah. some of which have truly miserable adverse effects yeah. and some of which can counteract those and have very positive effects and i know that that was something that that you yeah. were both really looking into
0: yeah we went we went away to like a one of his meditation retreats in Italy in I want to say April and the doctor told Tom not to go because they thought it was a bad idea in case things got worse but he went anyway and, hmm. he, and it really helped him and we had an incredible weekend together
2: helped in in what way in with his mindset with his physicality with
0: or? His, yeah with his mindset I mean me and Tom Tom was meditating two three four hours a day and I would often wow. meditate two hours with him
2: Together? Yeah. And
0: how was that as an experience? Uh, yeah, profound and important in just helping us get through it. Hmm. But it, it, that, all those lessons we learned in terms of the importance of your mind, hmm. um, it was, it, I think it was invaluable for both of us.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so, because I think... It, I was going to say it, it gives you a grounding, but it's it's not. It's almost the total
0: opposite of that. It's a reminder that, you know, <laughs> we are not our bodies. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we are just a bag of chemicals and, you Meat know... and water. We identify with our... Thoughts and our behaviors and our beliefs, mm. but they're just conditioned responses, conditioned neurological pathways in our brains that we call Daniel P. Carter and yeah. let's say Daniel J. Cell because the middle name. Um, and it, 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 we had like really joyful moments together from that yeah and you know like that's i learned a lot then that's helped me now as well you know like i still meditate every day only the last couple of months yeah. i've been able to again but help it's um why why did why couldn't you in that
2: period Wouldn't, <sighs> surely that would be the time when it would be the most yeah beneficial you would,
0: absolutely you would, you would think so um was it
2: just too much too much of a reminder of what it when you when you first started doing it
0: it opened up like (sighs) you have to just bear with me because I'm actually a bit harder than I thought it would be okay Um,
2: no that's fine man I didn't ever think it was (laughs) going to be anything other than that that's why I was wary
0: yeah if you want to take a minute no 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 no, it's, it's fine um Shall I pause it? No, it's okay. We're, it's fine. When when Tom first died, I think when you lose anyone like that in your life, you kind of just go into shutdown a bit. Yeah. And And um, I felt bad, you know, and um, emotional. But usually, I just smoked weed or drank alcohol. Yeah. And I was not abusive. I'm, I'm no like. I'm not a destructive guy. I would hit a vaporizer a couple of times. I'm very practical. You yeah. know, I don't like go off the rails. I'm just, just not who I am. Mm. Um, and so it, I kind of just swept everything under the rug. And to a degree. And when it got to a point, you would
2: dial it down. Yeah. With those. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's that's
0: a very understandable thing to do. For whatever reason, meditation just opened up the well of grief yeah but do you
2: think that that's very specifically doing that for a
0: reason absolutely and it's about the end of December last year so just a few months a couple months ago Hmm. I just hit a wall with it um, and got started getting anxious and It was just, you know, a wake-up call. Like, I can't just hide it. Yeah. Um, I think the way that you've all dealt
2: with this is has been very... It's been as open as, as anyone would expect. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think anyone's going, when's this next Facebook post <laughs> going to happen that, that tells me everything that I want to... Do you know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. I th- and I, yeah. I, I, I think that's a, such a beautiful thing to have witnessed that everyone around the band be it other bands your friends um and the music community at large and fans
0: has been so incredible it seems and that's only really hitting me in the last couple months um because yeah i i i I have i stopped drinking stopped smoking Mm. uh weed um not cigarettes i I don't smoke cigarettes at all, (laughs) for the record. I'm still smoking loads of cigarettes, but no, I don't smoke cigarettes (laughs) at all. Um, And I just kind of realised I just had to deal with it. Um, And that... And it's... In our culture, you know, grief or no grief, people don't like to just be... You know, we take our phones to the toilets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... um, yeah, being alone with your thoughts can be a really tough time for... People are terrified of it. Yeah. You know, Um, at the best of times. Yeah. You know, it's like they don't want to be alone. And if they are alone, they've got to be watching TV or looking at Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Mm. um And failing those, and there's always alcohol or whatever. Yeah. Whatever your vice is. Um, so it just got to the point where I thought, well, you know, I've, I've got to... Um, just got to deal with it head on and
2: uh did was there a discussion with anyone about it or did you just my girlfriend yeah yeah um and what was that what did she did she agree
0: yeah she always knows what's best for me and i always do and i don't realize it at the time yeah usually and usually i get mad at her if she tells me Mm. something i don't like but then like a month two three four months later i go yeah, remember right. when he said that to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you were right actually, and that's happened over and over again. Yeah. Um So uh, I apologise to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, so I I just I, you know it, it's not been easy for her for her to um, be in the situation. But then you should never beat yourself up over that. No, of course no, and and I don't, and and she asked me not to, you know. Um yeah. But. know she always keeps an eye on me at the the best of times but after tom died she said do what you need to do Hmm. um which was sort of the green light for me to be like you know i like smoking weed (laughs) yeah um and and i was actually talking about this i can't remember who with but a few days after tom died we went to his flat because um adam our guitarist Hmm. uh was lived there part time. He lives in Vancouver normally, but when he's over, he he lives he lived at Tom's. Cause he has a spare room, and we all went over there because we knew we were gonna have to move his stuff out. So and you know, we just sort of you know, well let's go to Tom's and be together and whatever. And I had a bottle of red wine and some good weed and a vaporizer, and just you know got stuck in, and it it, it made me go from like despondent to jovial (laughs) to find good you know it didn't just numb me i had a great time you know yeah and our sound guy johnny was in brian doing some work for us um prepping some stuff for the future or whatever and he came over and he i just was looking back yesterday, I think, thinking he what must he have thought of me, because I was just like joking and pissing around. Um,
2: but then, I, as I said,
0: no one's going to ever judge anyone for dealing with their own sure, life in in that way. Sure, it just I just think it must have been a a, a jarring yeah uh, thing to witness mm. uh, against what he had perhaps expected, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I I did a very similar
2: thing when when a friend of mine passed away. And, um, he was actually the 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 guy that managed our band, and we all went mm-hmm. went over to his flat and went through it and it and it was exactly that, and afterwards, we all kind of looked at each other and were like i'm I'm glad it was just us here mm. yeah but but then i I also think well that's 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 perfect, yeah, that's how it should be, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: because I think I don't think anyone that moves on. Wants to at any point look back and go, look at those maudlin people about how they're acting. Yeah. But yeah. then that might that's a that's a whole other conversation about the wider scheme of things and what happens and mm-hmm.
0: what you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. But, but um. But yeah, I don't think you should ever
0: beat yourself up over no, the fact I, and, that, I, that, that. And you, I don't. It's just um. Uh, it's. I've sort of um the whole way through, the last six months um tried to sort of figure out grief you yeah. know and it's it's such a strange you know there's because of the complexities of personalities and every person being so infinitely different in so many intricate ways yeah finding a way that is appropriate the best way to deal with it is is, is, is there's no one really knows yeah. you know yeah. how do you mitigate the pain of grief effectively and I'm the kind of person that just wants to intellectualise everything and then fast track it <laughs> just let me fast track it, you're like, I want to do everything I want to hack everything the best way I can mm. you know, that's all the... so, you know <laughs> I started playing guitar I want to I wanna learn guitar as quickly as I possibly can well, news just in Dan you can't, I'm not going to be Vi overnight and, yeah. you know Dealing with anxiety Well what's the best How do I deal with this quickly And get it over and done with Grief How do I get You know If I Will I get over Tom Dying If I just think about The worst memories Over and over again And get it all out And cry as much as I can And Well No that doesn't work either Because you I tried that And you just It just makes you feel Really really awful What you thought That that was actually Going to (laughs) be the way To just like Someone told me Like Some family friends Told me Um (laughs) Their mother, a friend of mine his mother died when I was a teenager mm. and he's a close friend of uh, my mum's and I saw them a few days after Tom died and they were just sort of you know in a sort of quite cynical English way saying oh you've got to cry for a hundred hours you know and of course I didn't take that literally mm. but I I think some part of me thought right okay there is a, there's a certain amount in me go can I just yeah. squeeze it all out as quickly as possible and get like get it over and done with because this is exhausting and tiring and i just want to like you know if i can just sprint the rest of the marathon instead of walking it then great and then i can relax the rest of the day sort of thing you know yeah. but yeah. that's just that is the way i tend to be with everything you know mm. i go exercise until i get injured and then i have to stop That's the, and I, I it's part of my personality that like i recognize that i need to learn to pace myself
2: um but then at least you did do that with with the meditation but maybe then that's i think that that is yeah i see why that would have been so hard but i also see that it would be be truly beneficial
0: well the last few months meditation has just been so important so invaluable to me um and it's a bit like riding a bike you know and i did an intensive course essentially when tom was
2: ill because we just was that the first time that you'd approached it doing it? No, as well? I, I'd
0: meditated in the past, but it was the first time where I'd meditated where I'd do like an an hour meditation.
2: Yeah, and and also if you're doing um, led meditations and also joint meditations mm-hmm. and group meditations, then that is a different thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. From just trying to sit in a room and switch your thoughts off. For two yeah,
0: minutes. yeah. There's so many different types of uh, uh, of practice and. Um, And we explored a a number of different types actually. And, uh, but now I I just, it's so useful for me to just sit down. I don't do hour meditations now, but I will will do one or two 25 minute meditations every day. And you know, it's the, it's without sounding like I'm saying it in a really like uh, escapist um, negative way. It's like, you know, one of my, the the nicest bits of my day. And I think to most people that sounds quite I don't know sad or I don't think so scared yeah you're not a normal person <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if people think oh god the best part of your day is just sat down doing nothing well it sounds like you've got a pretty boring life or whatever yeah, that it, sounds fantastic on <laughs> any way, on any level I think but, it, but it's, it's yeah. just about being with yourself and you know feeling how you feel and, it, and accepting you know and obviously coming back to your breath and just bringing about awareness mm. And that awareness is, I think is just so important in so many other areas of your life. Um, yeah. And, you know, we were texting before we started um, about you getting some filthy vegan food. And, yeah. and I said, I won't judge you. And, well, and you that... did. <laughs> and, and some of it is still sat here. <laughs> but, I, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm absolutely not. I'm no angel, you know, mm. uh, but, I do try to my best to remember not to judge and I do these simple things like that throughout my day Hmm. be aware of the way I'm behaving and not be myself if I I behave badly but understand that I've conditioned myself over 29 years to behave that way but bring awareness to it and change it if you don't like it and you know accept that you don't have to be who you think you are and I kind of always grew up thinking well this is who I am yeah you know and they're always part everyone has bits about their personality they don't like and you know we're never going to be perfect we're not no one's aiming for perfection here Mm. but recognising that we're always in flux and evolving and we can always if we bring awareness to them change the things about ourselves that we don't necessarily like or the things that don't necessarily serve us which is probably better put do you think they'll and I really don't want you to think that I'm
2: saying that this is that but I'm curious if you ever think that you'll be able to turn this situation into a into a way that it's that it's been a no I don't want to say beneficial but no actually I know what you're saying you know what what I'm trying to say I know
0: exactly what you're saying and good uh, because a lot of people will probably be like how the fuck can you say that to somebody exactly and I've thought this a lot the idea of transmuting an event like your twin brother's death yeah in something positive is to most people offensive yeah. and sick mm. and you know it... I, yeah and i don't i don't mean it and, like that but uh, i mean uh, but as a as a but there are but there are positives to learn from any situation no matter how dire and mm. i think that the real tragedy is letting those lessons go mm. because then what's the whole what's it all been for what was it worth <laughs> you know do you know what I mean I mean
2: that's that's the constant question anyway
0: but yeah I get it's it's you know it's that thing in life win or learn and losing Tom is is a massive loss but what can I learn from it and how can I take it and help it I don't know enhance my life in some way and bring about more joy in my life um I think that the, the reality
2: when it hits home, that, that when somebody gets ill that you love very much, it does make you appreciate what you have. And I think that's what I was, that's more of what I was trying to say. As you said, I didn't mean that to sound no, it does. It, like I was being I, a shit bag. I you mean, know, like it, the,
0: yeah. the architects. I mean, it's, I appreciate it so much more now. Hmm.
2: But it's, it's, a, it's such a horrendous lesson, isn't it, in yeah. that sense? Yeah. Right. It, it, uh, it, why but, is
0: it that humans always have to learn in a, in a, in a state of sorrow and tragedy and trauma? But it's, so, it? it's so often the way.
2: Yeah. But then, then again, you could look at that, that that's the coping mechanism. Maybe that's how we, how we draw some solace in amongst misery, is that, well, I think with, with the band, to use that as an example... I think the reaction that you've had recently and you know it's been a long time coming anyway man like and you guys would have been the first to have said that mm. several years ago yeah because you know the band has worked so hard and has consistently made amazing music and and it's been growing constantly but it just feels like there's been such an outpouring of love mm. and like i
0: said i've only been able to access that recently yeah because I just didn't care before. Well, of course. But now it's like I'm just constantly overwhelmed and and surprised and shocked mm. at at the, at the reach that the band has now, the level of popularity that it's achieved is just so. Yeah.
2: And I don't, I don't Beyond. mean this to, yeah, I don't mean that to say like, oh, you'd have never have got. Like <laughs> was, no. I mean? no, but which you... is that? Uh, anyone that doesn't know us is probably going to listen to this and be like, wow. But I mean in the sense that I will never forget when, when you were doing the eulogy, mm. and you said that. Uh, <laughs> so dark. Where
0: um, Tom said, "How are the tickets doing?" Yeah, 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 and he said drop the cancer bomb sell out in the day or something like that yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous you know and (laughs) it's funny because we wanted we wanted the band to be our career obviously yeah what musician doesn't yeah um and we scraped by for five albums some of which were, so, were really well received and some not so much. Um, and then of course, Tom got cancer. It's so funny to term it as cancer. It was a mole on his leg. Mm. You know, I, okay, I'll draw out the story a little bit more. Yeah. He, he had a weird looking mole on his leg and it was obviously weird. I will say that. I mean, in retrospect, you could tell something was it was bad but he I dropped him off at the dermatologist and then he called me and said oh they're cutting it off right now and I was like okay I'm coming up not worried I was like this is going to be funny yeah because I'm going to get to watch my twin brother have a mole cut out of his leg under local anaesthetic and he's going to be cringing and squirming and I'm going to film it on my phone and the mm-hmm. doctors let me and if you go through all my all the way through my Instagram account right near the start there's a picture of Tom holding up a vial with a mold in it. Hmm. Because we thought it was funny. Yeah. Because there's no way it was gonna be bad. Um, but it was. And obviously it hit us all. And trauma or pain or suffering is so often the catalyst for great art. Yeah. Um, it's not a necessity, but... Not a necessity, you're right, because... There are great I always think, that are oh. People always say tortured artists. You have to be a, be a tortured artist to, yeah. to write great music. And then I, I always think of Dave Grohl. Okay, obviously went through an enormous tragedy in his life and wrote great records subsequently. Yeah. But also, I'm not sure that Kurt Cobain's death was the catalyst be- behind Foo Fighters' fourth or fifth albums, which were still great. Yeah. And he was obviously comes across as an extremely jovial, happy, uh, content and affable man, yeah. famously so. Um, but we wrote "Lost Forever, Lost Together," and you know it was a massive breakthrough for us. Uh, and it was such a joyful time because Tom's cancer was like by the time it came out, it was ancient history already. You know, he did six months every six months we went for an appointment and he got mm. checked out. But it was like that, that is done, you know. And you look at the statistics, you know, some people die of this, mm. but at this stage, the odds are pretty good for Tom. So all Good, and it was that just felt like, um, yeah, I mean, everything we had ever worked for was coming to fruition, yeah. and uh, it was just it felt like we sort of had everything, um, and then of course, cancer came back, and that was then the catalyst for the second album, um, and that's led us to where we are now. And, and you know, I think obviously, losing Tom has, has galvanized fans where they want to get behind us, which is a beautiful thing, yeah. Um, but it's just uh, You know Tom I don't want to say Tom didn't care about the success All that stuff just sunk to the background And By the time the album got released We did two album release shows in Brighton And Tom was really ill You know Yeah. And um, We didn't care Like I remember telling Tom oh, The album charted number 8 in the German charts And he was like Okay whatever I don't care it's like oh, I'm really ill. I don't give a shit yeah. about that. Um, and then obviously we played in in. <laughs> there's so much to talk about. We so we did those album release shows, and Tom was really not well. Um, and we was that because of the treatment more than no the, no illness. We didn't know at the time. Okay, but. And the jury's still out, actually. Okay. Um, we'll never know. But he had back pain because it was it was affecting his back. And um, he had had back pain earlier in the year when we were on tour with Parkway Drive. And we just thought, oh, hopefully it's nothing. Then we shot music videos with it. And he had to take it easy because it was really bothering him. And we started doing those meditations that we were talking about earlier. And he, his, all his pain just went away. For about two months. Hmm. And then he's like, yeah, he had all. I mean, anyone who's been, knows anyone who's been in that situation knows that the symptoms is just like a lottery, just, it could be all sorts. Yeah. Um, But we, we went to hospital after those um, release shows and they told him it was, it was bad and um, they wanted to keep him in and he said no nah, i'm going on tour tomorrow <laughs> sorry um i don't care yeah. um and so we played rock and ring and rock and park and it was crazy like tom had to have oxygen on the bus and was my girlfriend was on tour just to look after him which and she had bit off more than she could chew because she you know when we had been on tour uh, in earlier in the year tom we gave tom specific foods and supplements and yeah. it was a drag so we said oh, you know to my girlfriend Emily well you come on tour and do that for him and we'll pay you so Tom doesn't have to worry about that stuff so he can enjoy his time with everyone else like normal and that stuff is just done for him but he was far more ill than we had anticipated um, and he just like Rock and Ring was the first show and it just seemed impossible that he would play I, I walked into the toilet Dover and we were going over there you know And he just meditated all day, pretty much. Selling a little
2: or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage.
0: much, probably four or five hours and, and hobbled up and had his guitar put on him and he walked on stage and he just stood there. But it was just like sheer determination, you know, and mm. we and there was a massive storm, several loads a bunch of people got struck by lightning and the stage times all got put back and we played it about midnight and it was yeah, one of the best shows we ever played. And then the last show we ever played was the next day, last show he ever played was Rock Rock in Park and <laughs> he just seemed so ill, it just seemed like there was no way he was gonna do it. And then I I I had been on the bus with him. I walked back to to the dressing room and told the guys, like, I don't we're gonna to have to work out a way to do this it a four, it was a four piece. Like I had been working on trying to sort it out so we could have his guitars on tracks so we could make the show happen. And then like he just like walks into the dressing room and like, Hey guys, what's up? Like seemingly fine. Um and played the show, and was like sat after the show. And I remember he was sat hanging with some of the guys from While She Sleeps, like behind the stage. And they were not the wiser. Yeah, you know. And there was you know, the day before uh, at Rockham Ring. Some friends had been after him. Other uh, in other bands that were playing, we just said he had the flu. You know, just he didn't want the he didn't want the the attention, all all the, the fuss. Yeah and we did a, a festival in Holland we played as a four piece he couldn't do it it was too early in the day because he was really bad at, in, in in the mornings we were playing around midday and then we did a show in Hamburg with Killswitch Engage, and, and he just stayed in the hotel day and we played as a four piece and the next day we were playing in Luxembourg um, and it was like 40 minutes before we were due on stage and Tom said to me oh I need, to get, I need some oxygen and I said well you, you know you <laughs> the doctor's surgeries are closed we have to get you an ambulance he said come on, get me an ambulance whatever and uh, so they came and they took his his vital they gave him auction but they took his vital and they're like you've got to go to hospital Like this is crazy you, yeah. you, you, he would have died if he hadn't gone to hospital so we took him in and cancelled the show cancelled the tour that's not true actually we didn't cancel the tour we we said oh, we'll get him treated and then we'll drive to Greenfield tomorrow and we'll play the festival and Tom, Tom was like I <laughs> walk." He he got taken into ICU and was having a blood transfusion because he had uh, he was anemic and uh, they had one antibiotics and some steroids and he was like uh, so what's going on what's started going on with the tour and I was like well maybe we'll play maybe we'll cancel Greenfield and we'll do Download mm. and he was like yeah okay yeah <laughs> seems crazy but yeah it was all crazy at the time like what a yeah. ridiculous situation to be in. And then at eight in the morning he called me and he was not in a good way and um, it got worse and yeah, they had to put him into a coma and they said to me, like, he's never, they didn't say he's never going to wake up. They said he might never wake up. Yeah. Uh, And if he does, it could be a month um, or more. Um, And the oncologist back in the UK told my mum, like, don't let them put him in a coma because he won't wake up. Um, Wow. And uh, he was already in a coma at that point. Uh, and he was just sort of like, you know, it's so strange just being with someone in a coma because you can't communicate and there's just sort of numbers on a screen. Hmm. And that's where you're going. That's, he can't ask, you can't ask, how are you? You just look at the numbers, you know? So I was like... I, I, I convinced some of the people that worked there that I was a doctor and I didn't purposely like trick them, but I, I had gotten to the point where I had become so entrenched in cancer and yeah. the way the human body worked and reading vital signs on uh, on a screen that I just knew what I was talking about by that point. Yeah. And he he's just he was like the same for a few days, and then the fourth day he looked like his blood oxygen was a lot better, and they had sped because he was having a breathing tube. They had, in, in, they had changed his breathing to a more normal rate, so he slowed it down. Um, and his, his hemoglobin was getting better. And then... Like, I had just imagined Tom waking up over and over for those five days. And, I just, and we've, we, they said well, they would let us know if they are going to wake him up. We just turned up one morning and walked in. He was just like, looking at us. <laughs> it's like, hi. He was confused as fuck because he had been in a coma for five days. But he was just like... But he was... He was just awake, and then, like a week later, we he we cancelled the air ambulance that they wanted him to get, and me and Tom got the train home. And <laughs> that is a a serious roller coaster to go through. Yeah. And um. So. Yeah.
2: So when he was in, it was, so it was a medically induced coma. Yes. What did they say to him? Did, how was that approach? Like, did, like, did you? All, did, you must have spoken with him about it. Yeah. Like about what?
0: why they're doing that. No, and and what, what happened? Or yeah, I, yeah, I he, just it, he he. It was inflammation in his lungs. Yes. Essentially. Uh, okay. Mm. But.
2: So I just find that it, I find the whole thing is is so mind blowing. Because I've only ever dealt with it in such a... Um,
0: kind of a distant fashion. Mm. I I mean... It was such a... I sort of lived all of it with Tom, you know. Mm. And, like, it was such an obsession of mine to get him better. But it was, like, it was... A, it meant that I couldn't really process anything at the time.
2: Yeah, because all you're focusing on is... Tom, it, I, it here, was like I didn't exist. This is where we need to yeah. get to. This is where we, yeah.
0: And, oh, this has gotten worse, but here's why, and here's how it's going to be okay, hmm. was what I always had to do. Are you glad that you immersed
2: yourself in, in all that information? Or, <sighs> because it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like as
0: soon as people are ill, they're like, the worst thing you can do is look, look on the internet. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to protect Tom from it, but I've, I, and so I saw all the bad information as well as good information. But I just thought I kind of had this attitude that I can achieve anything I want to, as long as I put my mind to it. Yeah. And we, the jury's out on that when matters of life or death, especially when it's someone else's life. Yeah. Um, and that's no slight on Tom saying he could have done better and saved his own life because that's yeah. not how it works no um he was in an immensely difficult situation, and one that i I still can't understand but yeah i I had an unhealthy obsession with it, for sure,
2: yeah, but then I think. I think it's understandable because that's you are going to look for everything and try and help in every way you can
0: yeah I mean it just felt like the only option and and, you know I I don't I I probably could have done things slightly differently but I don't regret anything and I'm certainly I feel exempt of any kind of guilt of you know I could have done more give it i don't feel like that i feel like i did everything i could
2: no i agree and i i think that that is the most brutal part of it aside from him being gone is the fact that the guilt resides and and i don't think there is it, it's such an unnecessary thing mm. and and, and miss and i think it would be truly misplaced but i
0: I've I've, any, I've been exempt from you. It, from guilt, fortunately, Good. Uh, but, but it came at a cost. <laughs> it came at like total immersion in a very difficult experience, but mm. at least I've I've not had to feel any feelings of guilt over it. So yeah. that has been a positive. Um, but yeah, I I don't, I don't I don't I hope I don't have to revisit any of that information time. I I wrote like. 76 pages on cancer trying to piece together the puzzle as if, as if anyone else hadn't already done it you know mm. just desperation i suppose you know thinking well if i put it all together maybe i'll see something i missed but then
2: you know, i think it's also an, a a way of of processing that and dealing with it and eventually maybe accepting some of the some of the outcomes mm
0: well and mm. here's the thing about it that is I don't think I Tom as we've said was you know talking about beating it always Mm. even in the hospice we were talking about the next album in the hospice yeah because his intention was to leave the hospice he went to the hospice not because he thought he was going to die but because he had pain and it was easier than the hospital and nicer and you knew it was an option see that's something
2: i didn't know because being quite um outside of 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 that entire world like my mum's had it twice Mm. um but but it never got to the point where she went into hospice and Mm. i always assumed that that glad to hear it yeah i always assumed that that was you know when i heard that he'd gone in i instantly assumed that that meant yeah no we, ta- it, it, Which, we were talking I, about so, so the to- I, the I find tour. that quite hard to say to you but he
0: was saying oh i might." well i don't think tom was like i don't think i'm going to be able to do this australian tour and there was a point when he was like oh and and that uk european tour might be difficult yeah and he was and that's when he said well the thing that it's even that it was even in discussion is mind-blowing isn't it just yeah stubbornness I guess but you know I I, I only accepted that, that he might die about four days before he died wow but yeah I mean he said at one point like oh, I don't think I'll be able to do that European tour and the UK tour but I might be able to come to the Brixton show. Uh, uh, yeah. And he was like, oh, "Yeah, know, that's what, that's me. He said that um, he would like Josh to play for us. Yeah. I was, I was wondering how,
2: ha- how you go about finding somebody to do that. Sure. Well, because that's
0: before Adam joined, we begged Josh to join. and that's no slight on Adam it's just that Josh lives in Reading and Adam lives in Vancouver (laughs) (laughs) it's just geography (laughs) it's just geography yeah and Josh had been filling in for us after Tim left and we loved him and we've known him for years like we played Ashford downtown diner supporting Silosis in 2006 or 7 you know uh, we stayed at Josh's parents house when we recorded Ruin and his girlfriend's student housing. Like yeah. we've known Josh for years, and he's always been a good friend. And he's obviously a freak show guitarist. Oh, unreal. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Tom, when Tom said, "I don't think," I, I you know, I, he said, I, "I won't be able to come." to the I might be able to come to the Brixton show, uh, but I'll only be able to enjoy it if Josh is playing. So I told Josh that, and he'd never fucking choice. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you tell I told him that is like it's the, the <laughs> biggest emotional blackmail ever. He couldn't say no. Yeah, um, but I know that josh feels um honored to take that spot and he's been he's been brilliant and 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 we knew he would be it was just one of those things that is just it's just meant to be and and he's done it with so much grace in such a difficult situation because it's not easy you know like no of course
2: not because playing guitar aside yeah, the, the technicality of that is 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 one thing, and I mean, yeah. that's that's a big ask anyway. Yeah, but um, but I think it's all the other stuff, which which can only be done by somebody that 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 knows everybody and knows the situation.
0: Sure, and, and Josh, you know, Josh visits visits Tom in the hospice, and Josh was at Tom's funeral. Like he's very like already of close to us and mm. it was there's just no one else it could have been so we've and i've told josh this we've, it's, it's just been a blessing that, he, that we've been able to have him with us because i just don't know what, the, what on earth we would have done you know had we not had him as an option because i don't know where we would have looked you know but yeah it was just seamless and easy with him and you know, you, someone might imagine me sort of looking at whoever fills Tom's shoes with some kind of bitterness or something. I don't know, like some kind. There might be something odd about it, or I might feel uneasy about whoever takes that spot. But mm. Josh is just great, you know. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm really happy about that, and I know that was what Tom wanted, so that's also good to know, you know. Yeah. Because here's the other thing. Because Tom didn't talk about dying. Um. There was no sort of handover really, and there was no real like, if I die, do this. Um, you know, there. W- Tom didn't sort of express any architect's life after Tom sort of plan or what he wanted. But because he didn't even see that that was actually he would a possibility. Be, occasionally he'd be like, oh, I've been thinking stupid stuff like, who's going to use my gear if I die he's <laughs> more <laughs> worried about the gear yeah. but <laughs> so yeah. we but because Tom wasn't talking about dying and wasn't planning on dying you know we talked about the next album loads yeah we talked about what it was going to be like what what direction we wanted to go in um and and
2: and you you had those conversations since because that's obviously
0: sure we've written songs you have yeah and I with Josh yeah yeah how's that a whole new experience and you know it's uh... it must be very tough (sighs) yes and though you know I wrote a me and Tom finished a couple songs okay ages ago (laughs) you know like because once Tom really got Tom was sick for three months he had Mm. cancer for three years but he was sick for three months so after we finished All Our Gods yeah we wrote a couple songs and they're great and people will hear them and uh, but of course after Tom died uh, after the dust settles there is a bit of like well I love doing this and we all do and we want it to Continue and Tom would want it to continue. Yeah, of course. Um, but then there's the matter of you know, can we do Tom's legacy justice? And you don't want to you don't want to just fizzle out and do something rubbish or substandard. You know, it's got to be it's such that's, that's crazy not, context. It's yeah. it's an unusual situation yeah. where you know Kirk, by, Kirk Bain didn't die and Nirvana carry on. Mm. <sighs> of course, you know that would be like losing sam as well in a sense because there's still a lot of character that the rest of the band carries but obviously tom's part of the band is he's at the core of it you know yeah um and i said you know after tom died publicly that you know i don't want to pretend that tom wasn't vital i don't want to I don't want to play down his role to make it seem like we have a better shot of carrying on or anything like that you know because that's disrespectful yeah Um, but I was anxious to know whether we could carry on because I want to you know because it's it's a really good job (laughs) Um, and and I was talking earlier about changing trauma into great art yeah, I've got trauma and bucket loads. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> you've um, got the opportunity, but not, without
2: meaning to sound glue, but you've got. It's it's going to be the most apparent way that you can all, as a group of friends, work through something. Sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And learning guitar, and you know, I I've been uh, my role with Tom in terms of writing really especially on the last two albums and really especially on all our gods was tom would write something might be a riff or two riffs and then we would sit down together and think about where it's going to go Mm -hmm. and i would turn it into a song you know structure it tell him what i don't think works and tell him that that actually that bit sounds like a verse not a chorus or whatever you know yeah. the sort of producer's role in a sense arrangement stuff it's, it's difficult for me to talk about because I don't want to like big myself up like oh actually I'm more important to architects than everyone thinks what I want what I yeah, want yeah but to communicate... I don't
2: I don't think anyone Well, I don't think anyone's going to sit there and think that that's what you're doing and I don't think anyone would would probably undersell your part within the band any more than you would. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's, I think that is, that is something that a lot of people are very guilty of in a sense that a lot of musicians will always downplay what, what they do. But um, yeah, I don't think anyone's yeah. going to go look at this guy now. All <laughs> yeah, of a yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, Turns out he was the brains. Yeah. No. And I, and <laughs> I, I don't want to pretend that is the case, but, um, I also did play a, a sizable role in in the writing of the songs. Yeah. Um and that role has had to be increased but that's really helped me, you know, yeah. create of always any kind of creative expression is is good in these kind of instances, you know. And um Again, I just wanted to like dive into it, and you know that's why a week after Tom died, I didn't know what to do. So I went and got that guitar right there, and was like, All "Right, I'm gonna play guitar. I'm gonna. Learn. I'm not gonna be Architects' guitarist, but mm. I wanna. I want. You know, I'm gonna learn guitar. I'm gonna learn to play guitar because why not? You know. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm gonna write loads of big riffs on the next album and they're gonna sound like like they'd be like the most basic riffs you've ever heard, <laughs> which unfortunately is not what we do. Um, but it's been a whole new experience for me in terms of being creative and what that does for me and the sort of, I I don't want, I want to say like the more sort of, I want to say mystical side of that process. Yeah that's been a whole that's been a massive learning curve for me um and, and i've I've never i've never been the sort of the origin of creation before i've sort of worked with something that's been created hmm. and so now i i've have a chance to be the origin not entirely I'm, you know the other guys are part of it um but that's interesting, and, and the way things come to you. And uh, when I write something and it sounds like Tom wrote it, um, that's a really interesting thing for me. Yeah. Where I write it and then listen back and think, this sounds exactly like Tom would have wrote it. This sounds, you know, Tom always wrote something and sent me. One riff sent me in my email. Mm. You know, and I know that, this, that it, I'm not doing it purposefully. You know, it's just yeah. that we have, we were in me- we were very different people in many ways but very similar in lots of ways as well especially our tastes yeah were very similar
2: and i think you know this is an interesting thing this is a whole other world to to talk about because for a start i i you know i played in a band which had twins in it mm. for a long time and i oh of course yeah yeah sorry no, that's but right. i would uh the perry's yeah yeah so I would see, um,
0: so
1: drummer would, and singer. Yeah, yeah.
2: But I would still see the connection between the two. Maybe not on a in a musical sense, mm-hmm. but I would see how they both were. Mm. You know, stupid stuff like getting up in the morning and wearing the same clothes.
1: <laughs> right, which yeah.
2: sounds which sounds like a ludicrous like twin yeah. like cliche. Yeah, me and Tom but, avoided that. <laughs> yeah, good. But but what I'm saying is, I would see, I see I would see that connection. Yeah. There would be certain things like one of them would say something to me if we were in rehearsal, and then would leave the room, and then the other one would turn up and say the exact same thing, <laughs> word for word. Yeah. So so yeah, that's something I think is is really interesting. It is. And and um and also miss. think maybe this is a conversation like there's certain things that I'm curious just mm. to, that I just want to ask you but I don't know that it's now there's, like if this is the situation
0: well that's your your call
2: yeah
0: I I'm open you know I know
2: but I, I think it's interesting one of the things that made me laugh at the sounds, this sounds like a terrible thing to start a sentence with one of the things that made me laugh at the wake was when you were saying about shopping for a crack pipe to smoke DMT. Yeah, it's up there. What the pipe? Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which was it was you know hilarious the way you said it and you said sorry to one of your aunts I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. But it did it it made me think about that and how um, DMT is viewed by can be viewed by people as being a um almost like a a way to enter into other uh, other states of mind or other realms of consciousness Mm -hmm. right yeah which throws open a whole interesting conversation about that because i know that that was something that that all of you guys in the band are into or
0: interested Mm in right everyone except sam yeah except sam yeah ah interesting Sam's not a hallucinogenic fan he has done them we peer pressured him into mushrooms on Warped Tour <laughs> peer pressure
2: okay oh, that's a whole because story. I had yeah because I had a conversation with him about that about DMT and he was saying that um, that there'd been I don't know he, he said to me that there, there'd been talk about um, smoking some at a particular time and in a particular place yeah haven't done it good because I don't think that's the ideal set and setting. To, sure. To, yeah. To, to, and, and, to venture and disclaimer: my... I haven't smoked it. Yeah.
0: At all. I haven't smoked any yet. You know. Um, and it's. <laughs> I don't have any. Uh, yeah. I've got a substitute, but I've just yeah. been. I want that's something I want to do, uh, and I want it to be the just the my time. I've been in a strange place, you know. No shit. Um, and I've had friends. Who are experienced with those kind of things say maybe just wait a moment. Yeah, um, that's what I think as well. Not that I'm experiencing. Those Tom kind said. Of Tom bought it as a gift for me from him. Ultimately now, but he said to me, "We, me and him were got picked up in an ambulance in Luxembourg from the bus to get to the hospital, and we were riding in the back of the ambulance, sirens and everything." and Tom said to me when he woke up from the coma he said to me all I was thinking about in the ambulance was fuck I never got around to smoking that DMT but yeah that is something that um, fascinates me and and yeah me and Tom love doing magic mushrooms together we did them lots of times together It shaped to who we are in many ways you know yeah does change it you know oh 100 percent. in a good way
2: yeah i think things which may be um ways of altering consciousness or accessing other states of consciousness and places that that are spoken of in a mystical manner probably yeah is best waited on a little while but mm. also i'm um, I'm optimistic.
0: I understand. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I am too. Yeah, I
2: I think it's it's such a weird one, and it's almost like I don't want to be like I can't even say it. Do you, are Are you an optimistic person now? In in within with regard to well, as you said earlier, you know. The, the physicality of of who we are isn't, you know. There, there's a little more going on than that, or we'd yeah. like to think, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's highly likely, in my view. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm. Do, do you? How so? Just through optimism or through through the through meditation and whatnot, or I don't know. It's not even a question. I <laughs> it's just, oh, I'm, we're just kind of.
0: I I feel. I said earlier I f- sort of feel like I can achieve anything I put my mind to hmm. and I still believe that even though I thought that would work with Tom I think that's a different case I feel very um, I, feel I feel like um, we're skirting around things <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah we, we are we should probably yeah. turn this off and have a conversation but yeah I, I
0: look I'm, I feel let's sort of put it to more basic terms I feel very good about the future. I feel inspired and I feel strongly that I want to uh, do Tom's legacy proud and that means a lot to me. Mm. Um, I feel good about who I am. Um, And here's something that's odd as well. I feel more like Tom than I ever have done before in my life that's interesting and I had felt that sensation that feeling I would say things sometimes or think things or feel things I think that's that's what Tom was like you know and Mm. and then following that I had two or three people in quick succession tell me Mm. there's more of Tom in you now than there ever was before and it's a beautiful thing but it, i that could be that's you could have all sorts of thoughts on that on yeah. why that is yeah but um i feel it's very very noticeable and the more i notice it um, the you more think it comes through tricking myself
3: you know
2: I'm being devil's advocate i don't think i no i
0: i'm uh, i'm all for who knows young know, ho who, let's the head towards <laughs> the mystical sure yeah and I suppose it doesn't matter either way, but yeah, I feel really yeah it's a it's a strange phenomena, and i you know can't explain it and i have all you know i you know I've listened to your podcast dan and i and I know that um i can hear the apprehension in your voice sometimes when it you start edging into <laughs> mystical subjects <laughs> well like that's my thing that's my whole agenda is like how am i gonna shoot well, all like, this in does this person think, think feel- i'm crazy <laughs> yeah yeah sure and yeah. i i'm pretty sure uh we share common ground i know we do because we've spoken before about mm. this kind of thing um and then it comes to the point where you're doing something like this and you think I just, oh, I don't know but it's fun. more than just the two people here that are going to think yeah. um, sometimes I think about Tom very intently when I'm meditating hmm. and it physically it has a bizarre phys- physical effect on me like if I get deep enough my entire all the hairs on my body stand on end
2: what do you think that means
0: (sighs) I find it comforting I'll say that perfect but yeah who really knows but I I I, uh, I think about Tom when we're writing you know when we were writing music, what would Tom do? What would Tom think? Would Tom think that this is shit? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Tom could be self-deprecating. Yeah. But, um, and I found actually that Tom became... The, the, the less self-deprecating Tom was, the better the music got, actually. Yeah. And there's a balance, isn't it? You don't want to be overconfident and cocky and think you are the best, but um, yeah. you also don't down, want to put yourself down. you
2: don't want to start believing it. Because Tom Tom
0: said that Match Made in Heaven deserved to win a Grammy, and you know I think he thought you know well if I die then I'll probably get a Grammy. (laughs) But I I'm excited that we're that there will be more music. I don't know when I don't know when we're gonna release anything. Um, Do you know what you're gonna in what format you do it? Would it be? straight in with an album I don't know yet I really don't know yet and and I don't want to I don't really want to speculate too much but I just it's better just to let those things happen and see where you end up exactly and it's uh, it's going to be it's hard not I try not to think about what people will think you know David Bowie says don't play to the gallery don't do don't worry about your audience yeah. And when I'm writing, I don't. When I'm not writing, when I'm walking down the street, sometimes I think, "What the people? What are people going to make of it?" You know, because, like I said, I spoke with Tom all the time about the next album. I yeah. know exactly what we want. I we have we know what we want to do. Yeah. I know what Tom wanted to do, and I intend to honor that and respect that I'm um, going to sound like tool? <laughs> Shh. <laughs> um, but I, I don't want to I don't want to think too much about because you know, if 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 we really something radically different hypothetically hmm. then people might think, Oh well that's because Tom didn't write it. Um if we write something exactly the same, well I don't okay, want people to
2: will go, Oh, yeah. they're trying to sound yeah we're
0: trying to rip off Tom's riffs or but you, can't, you, can't, you can't win. No, <laughs> you can't win. It is actually, which, which it is is actually is yeah. So I we're just do we'll just do what we do and and you know it is so important to me that the quality is there and so however much time that takes um it doesn't matter you know i don't think do you think you're going to be even
2: more critical though when you're writing i think you will
0: personally yeah and do you know what like tom was
2: and it wasn't like you weren't before
0: no and tom was tom was brutal um Mm. I would say he was too hard on himself um, and set standards that were unattainable for himself. Mm. Um, and that made him unhappy sometimes because, of course, it did. Yeah. Um, I am, you know, like, Tom put Sam through them. There you go. I can imagine. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like, I don't think Sam would mind me saying, like, uh, Sam worked so hard on All Our Gods that at one point Sam just broke down in tears Mm. Um, because he was just emotionally fraught you know and screaming like that for hours on end day after day after day you know it's just not normal but you know more often than not you know it was Tom saying and again not necessarily you know the the guys that we recorded Darcy Records with could, could be tough but Tom was the real He was the one holding the whip, really. And now, or maybe I have to do that. I don't know. Well, we'll, you know, I think it's important for all of us to push each other, but uh, it was easy for me to stand and let Tom... Do the pushing. Do the pushing, yeah, sometimes. Um, But I know that all the guys... Of course, I'm not. That that makes it sound like the other guys are, sort of have low standards, which is not the case. You no, know, of course but not.
2: But you need you, you need someone. You do need someone to yeah. to play that role, and it is a tough role to play because you you have to know when when it's right to push and when when you you're just being a dick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and that's you know that is a fine balance to walk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I find it interesting that you are saying that people are commenting. About how they see so much of him in you mm. now, mm. that then maybe that will be the the means for that to happen.
0: Perhaps you will be that whip hand. Yeah, perhaps I will, um, and I just hope that mm. I- everyone else in my band understands. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everyone, you know, like everyone is—it's not all just about me. You know, like no, we're well, talking not. a lot from my. Point of view. I, that's because you and I sat here talking. Yeah, but you know the other guys, it's it's harsh. It's it's a very very heavy situation for everyone, and you know they yeah. uh, they were all deeply entrenched in everything that unfolded.
2: I don't think anyone's gonna judge you and be like,
0: it's oh, just <laughs> it's all about Dan, isn't it? <laughs> I know, I you know, it, going on tour after it happened was just for Sam. I just felt. Sam having to speak about it publicly night after night. Yeah, and... And sing those words. And sing those words. And there have been a few nights uh, were like were uh in London and I spoke... Uh, actually, when we were in Russia as well. Um, before we played Gone with the Wind, just... I felt like it was necessary on those occasions. And it's really not easy. And, mm. um, yeah, I... I commend Sam for... Having gone through all those nights doing that because it's hard, and the strangest thing is for me playing live, is that everyone probably thinks that I s- sit there the whole set feeling sad, thinking I oh, wish Tom was here, and why oh, not that Tom's not stood there. But it mostly doesn't occur to me. Yeah. For whatever reason, I just play, and that's because I don't that... think about him being absent. It's only when Sam mentions about Tom right mm. at the end of the set that I go fuck yeah it hits me yeah and it doesn't always it doesn't always hit me some nights I'm just like okay you know let's play the song you know and then some nights it's like hits me right in the in the chest you know it's a strange thing but um it's a public it's very public grieving you know going on tour like that um and people knowing what you've been through as you know everyone i felt like people gravitate towards me a little bit which i understand and um, but that must be overwhelming because they must want to sure i don't because... want to talk about it all the time
2: yeah of course and and i think the thing is one once somebody's is, is so in love with a band that they they and they invest all their emotions in it because it, it speaks to them mm. they're going to want to come up to you and, and project that at you yeah and I can't deal with
0: it I can't I, imagine and you know I've had people come up to me in tears of course you know and, and mm. sometimes maybe I seem cold I don't know but I just you know I can't sometimes I'm, I'm I've just gotten out of the dressing room having a beer with my mates having a laugh yeah. you know and then to walk straight out just like to the bus and someone's talked to me and they're really upset I can't always sort of engage in that because it's, it's, I can't constantly turn that on and off. And sometimes, once I've turned it off, I have turned it off quite pretty hard to make sure I, you know, yeah. I don't have to deal with that for the rest of the day because I can't carry it with me all the time. Of course not.
2: And I think most people are going to be able to understand that. Not everyone, I, because yeah, pe- people get lost in themselves, don't they? When they're um, it's you know, fans at geeks can be a little. Have sure. have like the the blinkers on, and they they just I need to do this, and, yeah, and, yeah, and or they want to meet this person, even if it's just to get something signed. I've got to meet them, you know. It's yeah. like an it's like an imperative that it happens. So I can only imagine how that would then be in a situation you're in. Yeah. So um. Yeah, it's a tough one, and I, I think the the flip side of that is it, it brings us back round to why I'm sat here talking to you now, in the same sense to a certain
0: degree that. That everyone is going to want to talk yeah. to you about it, and and yeah, I, there I, there are things that you know I've spoken about that I I, you know, I think it was important for people to know. Mm. You know, I for some reason it felt important for me to for people not to paint this super bleak image of everything that happened. Mm. So yeah, it was really fucking hard, and it was horrible a lot of it, but we had great times amongst it and Tom was great we were sat smoking weed blasting Coloss by sugar in the hospice with the doors open you know like it having fun yeah which just sounds absurd under the circumstances I don't think so I think it's beautiful <laughs> but it was it was just like well what else are we going to do and that's what Tom wanted to do you know hmm. um, so yeah I think that's important to me that people know i guess how well dot tom dealt with it but you know also that there can be beautiful moments amongst really challenging times you know and i hope that we can can continue that trend you know even now when things are so still difficult um you know you've seen while i've been talking to you it's not easy for me to speak about a lot of it um and it's and it's not the kind of thing you ever be over i suppose but the emotions aren't that dulled hmm. uh, it's only been six months but i still feel strongly that we can create something amazing out of this situation and and carry the band forward i think you already have though yeah yeah
3: yeah
2: and and i think that those those next steps which which you would almost say are the logical steps, but they're not really, because it's it's not a, a sort of straightforward logical situation. But the next steps, I'm really looking forward to. Mm. And I am too.
0: And it's unique. And I, when something like this happens, you look for all oh, comparisons. Humans love to do it, don't they? Yeah. Really try and relate to someone to something. Yeah. And you know, so I look at Vinnie Paul... Losing his brother, yeah, and then I think about like suicide silence, losing Mitch. Um, Plenty of bands have lost people,
2: but they're not. you But it's not me, and it's
0: it's so unique that it's so unique that we were that we lost Tom and were able to even go go and play one show in in a in a way, you know, and and then to carry on beyond that, you know, losing uh you know the the main songwriter of the band that's it's a risk but it's just an unusual and rare situation um and i almost i sometimes i feel as though my presence in the band almost gives it the the, the go ahead in a sense yeah do you know what i mean because yeah. you wouldn't want to just be carrying the carcass of a band mm-hmm. that's done to make some money or whatever it is you know but i'm able to authentically say that yeah we we can carry on we should carry on i know we should carry on i know tom wants us to carry on i know we can and and again it comes back to my belief in belief you know i believe very strongly that we'll carry on i believe very strongly that we will continue to make good music and carry the band forward, and that is. I'm trying not to obsess over that. Um, yeah, I think that I outcome. think, <laughs> I think <you> will. <laughs> yeah, it's important to me because I know it's it's yeah. a representation of Tom, and you know, there's there, no matter what we do, there's to, there, there's Tom in there. I mean, quite literally, two of the songs you know when mm. Tom wrote, but um, uh, Tom will always written be a part fin- of it.
2: Were those written and finished?
0: yeah um and there were a few other things that we had worked on that were unfinished um
2: Are you gonna carry on with those? do you think
0: yeah i finished I finished one of them yeah we we wrote started writing a third song, and I messed around with it for ages because it felt so important that it had to be right yeah. because it was like literally taking the bones of a song um and completing it like I would have done with Tom. Um but it was one of those ones, you know, I don't have Tom's approval. Uh so I just it really strained over it. But um yeah, I'm I'm very, very happy with it. Uh, but it's a long way before sadly um most people will hear it. But um I'm excited that, that there will be. Uh, a chance for, at some point for people to hear that stuff and I'm excited that that Tom is a part of it and Josh is a part of it and all the guys are a part of it now you know so um, yeah. and I think there will be more collaboration between the, the whole band as well which is a nice thing for everyone I think yeah because I think it'll be a,
2: an amazing way for everyone to come pull pull even closer
0: and, yeah and, and and it will move resonate forward. it yeah. will resonate with you know you don't have to be a genius to work out what the album will be about you know yeah
2: thank you for listening to episode number 18 of Someone Who Isn't Me with Dan from Architects that was a very different episode and yet I really enjoyed hanging out with him regardless of of what the conversation was about which was really heavy and i know that sounds kind of a weird thing to say but he's he's an amazing person and a good dude so yeah so he can be found on twitter and instagram at dan architects i'm at daniel p carter If you go to iTunes, you could leave a nice five-star rating and a review or comment or something. That would be wicked. Also, as I said at the start, I know that a lot of this is probably going to get used on some new sites or in print, perhaps. Which is fine, because that's essentially why Dan contacted me in the first place to do this. So, yeah, please try and keep things in context. Also, please don't turn any of this into clickbait,
3: it just feels really cheap thanks for listening i'm out peace